Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Byron. Mesecha Susaita has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Noyach Stengel Le'iloi Nishmas, Faivel Yosef ben Chaim Leib and Yehuda Zev ben Faivel Yosef. At the bottom of Yudal from Midbeis, the Gemara is discussing the Pasuk which says by the Miyadois, Vayas Lehem Botim, Rav Shmuel Chanomer Botim Kuhuner Velevio Vechadomer Botim Malchus. The Gemara explains, according to the Manomar, that it means Botei Malchus, this is referring to Dovre Melech, who came from Miriam. Where do we see that Dovre Melech came from Miriam? The Gemara quotes the Pasuk in Divrei Ayomim, Vatomos Azuvo, Vayikach Loikolev es Ephros, and the Gemara explains that Ephros is referring to Miriam. And we also find when the Pasuk talks about Dovre Melech, the Pasuk calls him Vidovid ben Ish Ephrosi. From here we see that Dovid came from Ephros, which is Miriam. Now the Gemara explains further, then the previous pasuk over there in Devar Yomim, it said Vikoliv ben Chetzrin Hoylid es Azuva Isha, and the Gemara Behemshach is Mevur that Azuva also is referring to Miriam, and Hoylid in this pasuk is not literal; it doesn't mean that he was the father of Azuva, rather he was married to Azuva, and as the Gemara explains later, he acted as a father to her. So originally, Koliv was already married to Miriam. Afterwards, it says Vatomas Azuva, and Rashi explains Vatomas in this pasuk is referring to Saras. We know that a Mitzvah is Choshev Kameis. Here as well, when Azuva, which is Miriam, when she got Saras, she was called like a Mace. Afterwards, the Pasuk says, But Thomas Azuva, Vagikach Lekolavis Ephros, and the Gmovir is explaining that this means he took her once again. As Rashi over here says, Laachash and Nisrapas, Chazer Vilacha. After she was healed from her Saras, he took her back once again. The Mashovi here says that Lilkuchen over here in this Pasuk is similar to that which the Gmovir says later on in Dafir Bezam Aleph. When Amram took back Yechevet after he was Megarashur, so the Gemara says, And the Mashah says over here as well, Kolev did a second Likuchin on Miriam after she was healed from her Tzaras. Now the Gemara Behemshach is Mavur, why was she called Azuva? Everyone left her, no one was interested in marrying her because she was sick, as Rashi says. She was a Chaylanis, this Lachar is referring to the Tzaras which she had. And Kalev, he married her L'shem Shemaim, as Rashi explains. He was Badik Be'achel, he saw Aaron and Moshe, who were her brothers. And we know that Brave Banim Hulchim, Acharei Achei Ha'im, he wanted his children should be like Moshe and Aaron. That's why he married their sister. And therefore the Pasuk says of Lashen, V'kalev ben Chesterin Hoyleres Azuva, because Kalanoise Isha L'shem Shemaim, Mala Lova Kosov, Ke'ilu Yolda. Now we have to clarify over here, that which we see that Miriam had Saras, and Kalev married her while she had the Taras, for that reason she was called Azuva, Shakol Azvuha. Is this the Taras that the Torah speaks about? When Klaisa was in the Midbar, we know that Miriam had Saras, she had to wait Michutz to Machna, Klaisa waited for her seven days before they traveled. This is the Taras that we know about. The Shail is, is this the same Taras that Agamara is referring to? The Masha in Agamara, when he explains why the Pasuk calls her Vatomas Azuva, he says, Metzer Choshev Kameis, and he quotes the Pasuk, which is talking about Miriam, the Pasuk says, Al not the Hikameis. This is the Makar that a Mitzrayah is Choshev Kameis. The Mashah's Mashmah a little bit, that the Tzaras which we're referring to in Er Sugyo is the same Tzaras which the Torah talks about. However, it would seem difficult to say like this. We see in Er Sugyo that Miriam was a Chaylanis. Marv Hemshach says she was Daimali Yiriyos. As Rashi explains, she was Yirak Rekes. We see also that Kalif had to be Oisig Merifua. We don't find anywhere that the seven days that Miriam was outside the Machne, when Miriam got Saras in the Midbar, that she was a Chaylanis and she had to have Rufua. Furthermore, to say that she was called Azuva, 
Shakol Azvua Mitchilosa, no one wanted to marry her. As Rashi says, Azvua Kol Bechura Yisrael Milisa Isa. If it's referring to only those seven days, it would be difficult to say that in that we call her Azuva. And finally, one more raya, the Pasuk over there says, Vayikach Lekolaves Efros, quotes this Pasuk. The Gmarvdin has an interesting calculation. We see from this Pasuk that Kali was the father of Khur. And we know also that Betzalel was the grandson of Khur. It says Betzalel ben Uri ben Khur. So Betzalel was a great grandson of Kalev. The Gmar goes on and says that we know that Kalev was 40 years old when he was sent to be Meragalesa Sa'aret. The Gmar brings a Pasuk in Yeshua, which we see like this. And the Gemara calculates, we know that Betzal was 13 years old when he built the Mishkan. This also the Gemara proves from Psukim. And if so, a year later, when the Meraglim were sent to Eretz Yisrael, Betzal was 14. And the Gemara says it would come out according to this, that there were only 26 years between Kalev and his great-grandson Betzal. And the Gemara says if we take away the two years of the three pregnancies, the pregnancy of Chor and Uri and Betzal, we're left with only 24 years. According to this, the Gemara says it would have to come out that Kalev and Betzalel and Uri were only 8 years old when their wives became pregnant. It's an interesting cheshman over there, but Al-Kapanim, it comes out according to this, that Chor was about 9 years younger than his father Kalev. And if so, at the time the Meraglim were sent, Chor would have been 31 years old. And a year before that, when Klaistor left Mitzrayim, he would have been about 30 years old. From here again, it's Muchach, that the tzaras which Miriam had at the time Kalev married her was not the same tzaras that she had in the Midbar after Klaisrod already left Mitzrayim, since the child that Kalev and Miriam had was born many years before they left Mitzrayim, and we know that Kalev married her while she was in Mitzrayim, Akarchach, it's not referring to the same tzaras that she had after Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Now we'll continue on, the Gemara brings the Pasuk, Vayelich Ish, Mi Beis Levi, the Gemara Darshan, Zlehechon Holach, what is the Lashon Halich over here? Shahalach Ba'ataz Bitoi. The Gemara goes on to explain, the Braissa says, Amram Godel Hadar Hoyo, Kivan Shagazar Pari Harosha, Kalaben Hayiloid, Haya Ura Tashlihu, Omar Lashov Onua Melim, Omad Vigirishes Ishtoi, Omdukulam Vigirishes Nishesayim. Until his daughter came along and said, Abba Koshak Zeros Hoyosim, we shall parry. Now, a number of Achronim and contemporaries firmly discuss how could it be that Amram, who was the Godel Hadar, was Megarish's Ishta because the Shav Anuamelim, they ask, how is this any different from that which we find in the Gemara Brachas Dafyud, a well known Gemara about Chiskiyo HaMelech? Yishai Hanavi came to him and said, Meis Ata Veloy Tichya, and Chiskiyo HaMelech asked him, What did I do that's so bad? He said, Replay Asakta Bepiria Verivya. To that Chiskiyo replied, Mishum de Chazoyli Beruach HaKodesh, the Nafki Minoy Benind Loy Malu. I saw in Ruach HaKodesh, that if I get married and have children, they're going to be ashamed, therefore he did not want to get married. To this, Yishayahu Novi answered him back, Why are you busying yourself with the hidden ways of Hashem? You have to do your job, that which Hashem commanded you. That which Hashem does, that's His decision, that's not your job to get involved in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the Shail is Lachar, the same Svar would apply over here by Amram. He should have been Isaac by Peri Verivya, even though there was a Gzeira of Parai. That's a Kalash Baruch Hu's issue, how he'll deal with the Gzeira. Now, the Lashon that the Gemara brings, which Miriam told her father, 
If we take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, what does this mean that your gzeir is ba'ilam hazeh u'la'ilam ha'bo? Rashi explains that Paris gzeir is only ba'ilam hazeh shenaylodim u'meisim. The babies will be born and then they'll die. V'chayizim v'chayim hein la'ilam ha'bo, but eventually they'll be zeichet to'ilam ha'bo. But your gzeir is o'ilam hazeh and o'ilam ha'bo. If the children will not be born, they will not go to o'ilam ha'bo. Now in the Chumash Tarot he says that Lulei Divrei Rashi, without from Rashi you could have explained this Gemara differently. The truth is there is a Taina on Rashi which a number of Svarim bring. The Tarot himself does not bring this, but there's a Taina that the Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Kuf Yud Omid Beis has Machlekes. At what age is a Katan Zeicha to Eilam There is one Mandamar who says Misha Shanoilid immediately at the time he's born, he already has his Chus to go to Eilam there is a sheet that says Misha Shayimer Omein when he's able to answer Omein to a bracha, and Rashi of here Lachar only fits with the Mandarma that says Misha Shanoilid. Rakopan of the Tertimim says there is another Mahalach to learn this Gemara. When it says Ata Goizer it's not referring to the babies, rather it's referring to the parents. The parents will be punished both in Eilam and in Eilam and he quotes the Gemara that we mentioned in Brachas Dav Yud. Chizkiyah was told Ki Meis Ata Veloitichia, the Gemara explains. The punishment that Chizkiah was going to get for being Mivatal Puruvu was he's going to be punished both in Eilam and in Eilam And the Torah Tamim explains this could be the Pshat over here as well. When Miriam told her father that your Gzeir is Ba'ilam and Ba'ilam this is what she meant that the parents will be punished both in Eilam and Eilam for being Mivatal the mitzvah of Puruvu. Akopan according to the Torah Tamim, the Taina of Miriam really was this Taina, that there's no heter to be mevato puruvu, v'hadi kavshi derachmon elomulach. But Akopanam, according to Rashi, does not learn like the Gemara like this. The Pashas of the Gemara was that Miriam came with a different Taina, it's not the same Taina that Chizkiyot was told. And again, the Shaila would be, what was the heter of Amram, why would this be different than Chizkiyot's situation? Now the Chara, a simple answer would be, that here really Amram was not mitzvah, he didn't have a mitzvah of periyavirivyot, because he already had a boy and a girl, a Zohar and a Keva. Miriam and Aaron had already been born, therefore he had no mitzvah of Puruvu, therefore in such a situation to have more children, maybe for that it would be a valid taina, since it was a of Pari, he was allowed to go ahead and be Megarish's wife. However, the Shaila would be, it says afterwards, Omdu Kulam the Mashmari says that even people who had not yet been Mekayim, the mitzvah of Puruvu, they didn't have a son and a daughter, they also were Megarish Nesheseim, What's the heter for that? We should say, like we find Another possible terrors given is that as far as the mitzvah of Puravu, the Gemara Yivamah Samach Beis says, and this is how we pass in the if a person had children and they died during his lifetime, he was not Mekayim Puravu, he has to get married and have more children. If so, they explain that if he would have had children, even if they would have turned out to be Rishayim, he would have been Mekayim his mitzvah. Therefore, there was a taina on him, he should do his mitzvah, and not get involved in the cheshboinus of a kolesh baruch hu. in Amram, and all the people who followed him, there if they would have had children, and afterwards, the gzair of Pari would have been fulfilled, and the children would have died, they would not have been mekayim the mitzvah of Puravu. So in the end, anyways, there would be no kiyam mitzvah, therefore they were not mechayv to be Isaac in Puravu. Here he wouldn't say, Bahadi kavshi derechmane ilam Now another terrorist given, which would seem to be more mistaber, is that there's a difference between Kaidamat and Taira and Laachar Matan Taira. And that is Laachar Matan Taira, once a person is Mitzvah in a Mitzvah, 
of the cheshbonus that he has do not pattern him for the mitzvah. Rather, like the lashon of the Gemara and Brachos, my demifkados a person has to do what he's commanded, even if he has good cheshbonus telling him not to do so. However, koydemat and we find the Muslim that even the Avais were makayim all of the mitzvahs, but under certain situations, if they saw a good reason not to be makayim the mitzvah, or not to be makvid under certain iser, they relied on their own judgment. This is a concept which Reb Chaim speaks about in Nefesh HaChaim. We find Yaakov Avinu married two sisters, and if so, that could be the Pshat over here as well. Before Matan Torah, Amram, if he had a good cheshbin, that anyways, Lashav Anu Amelim, that would be enough for him to go to forego the mitzvah of Puravu, and that we would not say Bahadi Kavshi Only after Matan Torah, once there's a Tzivoy, then a person cannot rely on his own judgment. He has to be Mekayim Kalatar Kula, regardless of all of his cheshbonis. These are possible explanations why Amram was allowed to be Megarish Ishtai. However, the Maisa, as the Gemara says, Halach Batas Bitai. Miriam said, Koshek Zeroscha Yosem Yishal Paroi, and Lemaisa, he was Machzeres Ishtai. And the Mashovir asks Akasha, he says, Why did Miriam have to come with such a taina about his Gzeros being worse than the Gzeros of Paroi? We find later on the Gmon Yudbezim Medbez at the bottom of the Omid, the Gmon Dachshins from Psukim, that Miriam Manavia was Misnave, Vaimeris Asida Imi Shitelit Ben Shemoshia Es Yisrael. She had a Navua, and the Gmon's Mavur, she told over to her father this Navua. So if so, why does the Gmon not simply say over here, Halach Ba'atzaz Bitoy, means that he went with the aids of his daughter who told over the Navua that they were destined to have a child who's going to be Moshiach and Shei Yisrael. For that reason, Omar V'hichzeres Ishtoy, why is it going to have to bring Tainas that she won over her father by saying, Koshek Zeroscha Yisrael Mishal Paroi, why don't we just say that she told over the Navua, that's the reason why Omar V'hichzeres Ishtoy. So the Mashavir answer is based on that which the Gemara says, Behemshech, and the truth is, at the time Amram took back his wife Yecheved, she was already a Milberis for three months. And the Mashal says it must be that they knew already that she was a Milberis. We know the call is that after a third of the pregnancy, it's hukar ubra, it's noticeable, one can tell that she's a Milberis. So if they knew already that she was a Milberis, then the Nivu that Miriam had, that her mother would give birth to the Mashiach Shai Yisrael, that would not be a reason for Amram to take back Yecheved, because she was already a Milberis. And the reason was that she went over with the Taina Kosher Gzeros Chayosim Yishal Paroi, and the real reason Amram took her back is that the rest of Klaisal should also see and take back their wives. Since she was already pregnant at the time, it would not be reason for Amram to take her back. And the truth is, there's a Rajbam in Baba Basra, Dav Kufchof Omer Aleph, which actually says this Taina of the Marsha. We find over there a similar Gemara to that in Ersugyo. The Gemara says, Why does it say, and the one answers, Shaosloi Maisel the Kuchin, and the Rashbam over there explains that Amram was Pirish Me Ishtoi because Lashavanu Amelim, and then he took her back. The Lashon of the Rashbam is, Hechzirum Epnei Miriam, Shenisnavis Loi, Shaosad Ben, Lotzis Pimeno, Shayashia as Israel. The Rashbam says clearly the reason why Amram took her back is because of the Nevuah of Miriam. This is exactly the time of the Masha, that which the Masha asked the Gemara should have said, but the Maisel the Rashbam is difficult because the Gemara does not say this. The Rishash over there in Baba Basra asks this on the Rashbam. The Gemara doesn't say this reason. The Gemara says because of the Taina Kosher Gzeros Chayosim Mishal Paroi, not because of the Nevua of Asidi Imi Shatelad Ben Shemeshia Es Yisrael. One thing you do see from the Rashbam is that he understood that they did not know at the time Amram took her back that she was a Milberes. Not like that which the Mashal says that since it was already after three months it's Sukar Ubra, 
According to the Rashbam, obviously they did not know. The reason he took her back is so that she be Neskayim, that Nevuah, that she should become Mubaris and give birth to the Moshiach and Shal Yisrael. Now the truth is, if one takes a look in the Ramban Alatayra, we see also, he says like this Rashbam and Baba Basra. The Lashon of the Ramban Alatayra is, on this Pasuk, Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi, Vayikachas Bas Levi, he says, Pirish Mimen Omipnei Gzeras Paroi, Vechzira Bin Nevuas Bitoi. In that one word, Bin Nevuas Bitoi, we see the Ramban is not saying like Ergomoro, Atzas Bitoi, the Koshik Zeros Chayusim Mishal Paroi, rather the Ramban is referring to the Nevuah of Miriam, which is like the Rashbam says, the Nevuah that Asida Imi Shetelid Meshian Shal Yisrael. And again, on the Ramban, this Kash is difficult. Why does he say different than Ergomoro? And what we have to say to explain the Rashbam and the Ramban, that even though the Gemara of here on Daf Yudbeis brings a Braiso, which says that the Taina was Koshik Zeros Chayosim Mishal Paroi, but according to the Gemara Yudbeis and Midbeis, which is of Nachman Amarav, he says Melamet Chayosim Misnava Kishiyach Chayis Arin Vaymeris Asid Imi Shetelid Ben Shemoshiyas Yisrael. According to that, we don't have to explain anymore that she came with Tainas about Koshik Zeros Chayosim Mishal Paroi. Now, now, ready, we have a better reason. If she told her father this nevuah, this would definitely be a reason why it would be Omar Virzira as Ishtai. Now, in the Pirish Ion Yaakov, on the Sefer in Yaakov, he actually asks this Kasha on the Rashbam, why does the Rashbam say different than Ergamara and Saita? And he explains that even though Ergamara says, Holach Ba'atzas Bitoi, the Eitzah of his daughter only was that he should marry and have more children, so that his Gzera will not be worse than the Gzera of Parai. However, it didn't have to be Dafka to take back his original wife, Yecheved. It would have been more mistaken that he should marry someone who's younger, as we've seen in the Gemara, Nes had to be done that Yecheved should be able to give birth. Why would he Dafka take back Yecheved, who Alpiderechatev is not able to have more children? He should have taken a different wife. For that reason, the Rashbam says that it was because of the Nevuah of Miriam. As we see, the Gemara says, the Loshan Asida Imi Shetelid Ben Shemeshiyah Yisrael. The Nevuah was specifically about her mother, that her mother would give birth to the Moshiach and Shal Yisrael. For that reason, Amram took back Dafka Yecheved and did not marry someone else. In other words, it was both of the reasons together. Firstly, the Atzaz Bitoi, which she said, and also the Nevuah's Bitoi, that Dafka, her mother, Yecheved, would give birth to the Moshiach and Shal Yisrael. That's why Amram took Dafka her. Now, just add the Ramban al over there, he quotes the Gemara also by Meisel Lekuchin Hashiva Ba'Piryon Umirin Ve'Arin Merakdin Lefneim B'Simchasom Ki Aidei Zed Yigalu Yisrael. He explains the Simcha of Miriam and Aaron. Why were they dancing at that time? Was because they knew now it would be Miskayim this Nevuah and the Goyal of Yisrael would be born. The Rambam understands that the Simcha that Aaron and Miriam were dancing about was not only the remarriage of their parents, but that now the Nevuah would be Miskayim. Now the Marshal over here, he also explains what is the simcha that they were dancing about. The way the Marshal learned, he can't explain like the Ramban that the simcha was now the nevuah would be niskayim. Because according to the Marshal, even before this, she was already a Mubaras. Amram didn't have to take her back in order for the nevuah to be niskayim. So the Marshal explains the simcha was, the simcha was that the Mashiach of Yisrael will be born at a time when she's married, not while she's in Megureshes. But again, this is the Mashal Ishitasei, that he didn't have to take her back in order for the Nevuah to be Meniskayim, but according to the way the Rashbam and the Ramban explain, he didn't know that she was in Moberes, so only by Amram taking a Chavid back now will the Nevuah be able to be Meniskayim. 
Now another point we can make on this sugya, the mashmais of the Gemara is, the whole raya, that there were two marriages, that Amram divorced her and then took her back later, is from this Lashon of the Pasuk, Vayelich Ishmi Beis Levi, Halach Ba'atzas Bita, as the Gemara explains, what exactly the Esau of his bass was. However, the Chari we could point out, why doesn't the Gemara prove that Akarchach, this was the second marriage, that he had been married once before and been Megarasher, and was now taking her back for the second time, because we know that Aaron and Miriam were older than Moshe Rabbeinu. Here in this pasuk it says, "Ve'elach ishmi beis Levi, ve'yikach asbas Levi, v'tara isha v'teilad bein." The mashmais of the pesukim are that immediately after he took her, he gave birth to this child who was Moshe Rabbeinu. This must have been the second marriage, and Aaron and Miriam they were born from the previous marriage. However, if we look in the Rabban Al Torah over here, the way he explains the pesukim, this is not muhach. He says, "Al derech apshat." The pashtus of the pesukim is. And this is the first time they were married, and even though it says immediately afterwards, Vatahar Vatelid Bain, Moshe Rabbeinu was born, the Rabban says, Ain Mukta This Vilach Ishmi based Levi really belongs earlier in the Torah, before the whole Gzeira of Parai. Before the Gzeira, Miriam and Aaron were already born. After Parai made the Gzeira of Kalabain Hagila, over here in the beginning of Shemais, afterwards, Moshe Rabbeinu was born. The Lashon of the Pasuk, V'yelech Ishmi Beis Levi, V'yikach Bas Bas Levi, is really referring to before the Gzeira of Parai. This, the Rabban says, is Pashto Dikra. However, he then goes and says, Adas Rabbi Seinu, Heim L'Kuchim Shneim, this is really the second marriage. Agopam, you see from the Ramban that from that alone, that we know Yecheved had Aaron and Miriam, and they were older than Moshe Rabbeinu, that would not be right, that this Pasuk, V'yelech Ishmi Beis Levi, is the second L'Kuchim, because you could explain, as the Ramban says, V'yelech Ishmi Beis Levi is before the Gzeira of Parai. Atar HaYisha V'atelet Bain, that was at a later point. V'yelech Miriam and Aaron, who had been born in between, the Pasuk doesn't relate about their birth. Now we'll continue on. The Gemara relates that when Amram took back Yecheved, the Pasuk says, Eloshon of Vayikach, the Gemara asks, V'yachsar Mi Boilei. And this the Gemara says, Amram V'yudu Bar Zvino, Sha'osloi Maiseli Kuchin, now, the Haggais of the Maritzchis over here in the Gemara, he has a very interesting piece where he uses our Gemara to answer a difficult Ramam in Parakhtas Hilchos Malachim Halacha Aleph. That is the Ramam where he brings the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. He begins by saying that Odomarishan was Nitztava in six of them, and the seventh one, Noyach was Nitztava. That's Eva Menachai, that was not given to Odomarishan, that was given to Noyach. Then the Ram continues and he says, The world continued with these seven mitzvahs for all people until the days of Avram. Avram Avinu got an additional mitzvah, he got the mitzvah of Milo. He also instituted the tefillah of Shachris. Yitzchak was the first one to be mafresh meiser. He also instituted tefillah mincha. Yaakov Hosef Giranoshe Vespal Arvis. To Yaakov was added the mitzvah of Giranoshe, and Yaakov instituted Tfilas Arvis. And then the next line of the Rambam is very bewildering. The Rambam says, Ubi Mitzrayim Nitztave Amram bin Mitzvahis Yeseirais. In Mitzrayim there were additional mitzvahs which were given to Amram. And then the Rambam finishes, Achaba Moshe Rabbeinu Vinishlam Atayral Yadai, until Moshe Rabbeinu came along and the entire Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now where does the Ramah get this, that Amram was Nitztave in Mitzvahs in Mitzrayim? Both the Kesef Mishnah and the Radvaz over here are Matmiya, the Lashon of the Kesef Mishnah is Torah Ein Heicha Maisila, where did the Ram get this from? The Radvaz as well, his Lashon is, 
We don't see anywhere what were these mitzvahs that Amram received in Mitzrayim. And Maratchis over here wants to suggest that the mitzvahs that Amram was Nitztav in Mitzrayim were the mitzvahs of Ishos, Gerishin, and Kedushin. In Agmar, we find that Amram was Megarish's wife. And as the Gemara says, Amdu Kulon Then eventually, when Amram took her back, it says a lotion of Lekuchin. Also, Bamaisi Lekuchin. Maratchis learns from here. That Amram was Nitzavah in these mitzvahs in Kedushin and Gerishin. He points out that if we look in the Ramam in the beginning of Hilchas Ishos, the Ramam says, Before Matan Torah, there was no such a thing as Gerishin and Kedushin. If they both wanted, he was her, and through that she became his wife. Only Mishin Nitna Torah, the Ramam says, then they were Nitzavah ala Kedushin. And Maratrius understands. And it means from the time of Amram already, that's when they were given the mitzvah of Gershon and Kedushin, as we see in Agamara, Amram was the first to be Megarish's wife, and eventually afterwards he did a Lekuchin, he did a Kedushin. From here the Ramam understood that he was Nitztafe already in these mitzvahs. That's what the Ramam means when the Ramam says that Amram already got some of the mitzvahs before Kabbalah Satira. One could take a look both in the Maritzchis over here in the Hagoyis, as well as in the Sefer Halikutim in the back of the Franco Ramam, they bring also from the Hagoyis Maratchias on the Ramam, he says the same Mahalach. Now in the Sefer Mincha Chariva, he quotes this Maratchias and he says, Lamais, it's difficult because the Ramam himself, in the beginning of Hilchas Ishus, which we mentioned before, Ram describes how Ishus worked before Matan Taira. The Ram is mashma that only from Matan Taira itself, that's where it was Neschadish, the concept of Gershon and Kedushin, it's not much that it was beforehand. According to the Maratchis, it wasn't actually by Kabbalah Satir, it was beforehand. Amram already received those mitzvahs. We'll take a look also in the Sefer Klichemda on Parshas Ve'ira. He quotes B'Shem Sefer Mokayim Shmuel, who says a similar Mahalach in the Rambam. And furthermore, in the Chedushin Agriz over here on Tzaito, he quotes B'Shem Reb Chaim, a similar Mahalach. Reb Chaim was coming to explain the Nusuch of Birchas Erisin, the Lashon that we use is Mikadish Amr Yisrael Al-Yidei Chuppah V'Kedushin. And Rechaim was bothered by why do we have Chuppah before Kedushin? L'chair, the order has been, was switched. Rechaim explained that in the Bracha we use the Nusuch according to the Seder that Klaisa were Mekabal the Mitzvahs. He says Amram was Mekabal the Mitzvah of Chuppah even before Klaisa received the concept of Kedushin. Kedushin was not until Kabbalah Satara. He quotes the Ramam that we mentioned before. The Ram is mashma only by Kabbalah Satara itself was the Indian of Kedushin Niskabel. And according to Agamora, Hashiva Ba'aperion, we see the Indian of Chuppah beforehand. For that reason, we say, Mekadosh Yisrael HaYidei Chuppah V'Kedushin, because Klaisal first received the Indian of Chuppah and then Kedushin. And with this, Reb Chaim also answered the Ramah that we mentioned, the Ramah that says that Amram was Mekabal Mitzvahs, what are these Mitzvahs? Reb Chaim understood this is the Indian of Chuppah, that's something which was given over to Amram before Kabbalah Satira. Now continue on, the Gemara explains... The Lashon of the Pasuk, Vayelech Irshmi Beis Levi, Vayikach Bas Levi. Why are we calling her a Bas if she was 130 years old at the time? Rav Yehuda Shinoldu Basimani Nairis. Rashi says, Chazrali Yimei Alumeha Ba'irach Kenoshim Ubetayr Panim Upashtu Hakmatim. Now the Kasha that the Achrein Mask over here is, the Gemar Behemshech is Mavur, that at the time Amram took back Yecheved, she was already pregnant for three months with Meishu Rabbeinu. If so, why was it necessary for there to be a nace for Yechevet to get back her youth? It was a nace which was unnecessary. She was already a Mo'beres. A number of truths are given to this kasha. In the Teres HaKanois, he says, 
This next really happened beforehand. Even though here is where the Torah uses the lashon of Bas Levi. From here we learn doesn't mean that this is what happened at the time of the second Lekuchin when Amram took her back and that this happened a while beforehand. And the truth is, the Torah Sakonais adds that even Miriam and Aaron, their birth also would require this nace of Miochevet getting back her youth. Miriam was only five years older than Moshe, Aaron was three years older. So Karach Yechevet already got back her youth at the age of 125. So even though the Pasuk uses the Lushan over here of Bas Levi, it doesn't mean Dafka right now at this point when Moshe Rabbeinu was born. The truth is, we could add a coin to the Ramban, which we mentioned earlier, the Ramban al He says, the Pasht of the Krav, when it says, V'yelech Ishmi Beis Levi, V'yikach Bas Levi, is not that it's talking about a second Lekuchin, that's a drash of Ergamar. The Pasht says, this is referring to the first time Amram took Yecheved, and it doesn't mean that immediately afterwards Moshe was born, in Echanami, this possibly really happened before the Gzeira of Parai. This would fit well with what we're saying now, V'yelech Ishmi Beis Levi, V'yikach Bas Levi, when originally Amram took Yechevet, already at that point, she had a nace. She got back her youth and gave birth to Miriam and Aaron, and then eventually Moshe Rabbeinu. Now in the Sefer Iyun Yaakov, on the Ein Yaakov, he has a different pshat. He says, even though Yechevet already was a Milberis at this time, still Kosh Baruch Hu did her a nace, that she should look young, everyone should see that she went back to her days of Nairus. And the point of this nace, he says, was... That Amram wanted that when he takes back his wife, everyone else should follow and take back their wives. And if Yechevet will look like an older woman, people will say the reason why Amram took her back is because anyways she's not going to become a Milberes. And they'll say that really the Taina still remains. Why should we have children? And if their wives were still young and able to give birth, they would not have gone and taken back their wives. For this reason Hashem made a nace that Yechevet looked young, so when Amram took her back, everyone else followed suit and took back their wives and were no longer worried about Lashov Onu Amelim. Another test that the Ian Yaakov brings is, as we say later on, the Mitzvah miscalculated. They counted the months of Yechevet's pregnancy from the time Amram took her back. And the truth was that really she was pregnant three months already at that time. And the Ian Yaakov explains that was the point of the nace when the Mitzvah saw Shanel Debasi Mani Nairus they figure that if she's in Moberis, it obviously from, happened from that point and onward, and therefore they only began counting the months from the time Amram took her back. Had she still looked like a Zekena, an older woman, when they would see that she was pregnant, they would have counted the months from the first marriage and not from the second marriage. So the point of the nace was for the Mishram to be fooled, and this would enable that Moshe Rabbeinu could still live with his, with his mother for the first three months, as the Pasuk says, V'atitpenei now as far as that Gemara, that which the Mitzvah were deceived, so the Pashtas of our Gemara is, that they only began counting from the time Amram took her back, and as the Gemara says, at that time she already was pregnant for three months, therefore they came back at the end of nine months from the second Lekuchin, and she really had already given birth six months after the second Lekuchin, at the end of nine months because she was already pregnant for three months at the time of the second Lekuchin. This is what our Gemara says, and the question is that Rashi al seems to give a different pshat. Rashi over there says, on the Pasuk, after three months she was no longer able to hide Moshe Rabbeinu, Rashi explains, because she gave birth, one day into the seventh month, and they only came to look for the child at the end of nine months. The Mashmais of Rashi is, that she was only pregnant for a little bit more than six months, she became pregnant after the second Lekuchin, 
and she gave birth early, for that reason she was able to hide the child for three months, the Mitzvah only came to look for the child at the end of the ninth month. And the question is, this seems to be a stereo to the way Agamara explains, the reason why the Mitzvah were fooled is because she was already pregnant for three months. The Mashmois of Agamara is that she did give birth to a full, full-term child, it was actually nine months, just the Mitzvah were fooled, they only started counting after the second Lekuchin. Now the Mashmois here asks this Kasha, and he brings the Teretz Peshem the Sefer Paneach Rozi. The Paneach Rozi explains that Rashi and Ersagyo and Rashi Alatayro actually complement each other. And that is, the way Rashi Alatayro says that she gave birth early at the beginning of the seventh month and they only came at the end of nine months, surely the Mitzvah knew of a possibility that a child could be born preterm. And he explains what Rashi really means to say is that she gave birth at the beginning of the seventh month, meaning the seventh month of conception, which is really only three months after Amram took her back. Like Agumara says, when Amram took her back, she already had been pregnant three months. So in other words, both points are true. Firstly, that she was pregnant three months when Amram took her back, and secondly, that she gave birth early at the end of six months, or the beginning of the seventh month. So in other words, she gave birth only three months after Amram took her back. Now the Mitzvah were deceived they didn't entertain this possibility that she was already pregnant when Amram took her back, and therefore they started counting from the second Lekuchin, and Enechanami, they came at the beginning of the seventh month, they were choshish for this possibility that she would give birth early, but Lemaisa, she'd still had three months to hide her child, because Lemaisa, she gave birth only three months after the second Lekuchin. So both of these points are true, they're not a theory, rather they complement each other. That which Rashi al says, that the Mitzvah came at the end of nine months, that means they came at the end of nine months from her actual pregnancy. The reason why they came then is because they began counting from the Lekuchen Shniim, and they came after six months of the Lekuchen Shniim, because they did entertain this possibility, the Maiset ended up be turning out to be nine months after the conception. That which Agumar and Saita says, they were deceived because they counted from the Lekuchen Shniim, that's also true, since they were counting from the Lekuchim Shniim, they came to check six months later, instead of only three months later, when Lemaise Meshur Rabbeinu was actually born. Now we'll continue on to Ahmed Beis. At the top of the Ahmed, the Gemara brings the Pasuk, Vatered Basparei Lurchois Al Hayar. And the Gemara brings Omer B'Yechanan, Mishum Abshimen Bar Yochai, Velamet Sheyordo Lurchois Migilulei Oviya. Vechenu Oimer, Imrochas Hashem Estoyas Benois Tiyon. Was dashing the word rechitza in this pasuk is a rechitza from the Avodah Zara. However, we'll see there's a machlekes. There are two mahalchem how to learn this Gemara. Rashi of here Diber Maschal Lurchitz he says lit by Sham l'shem Geirus. In Megillah, you'd give him a The same Gemara is brought, and there as well Rashi says rechitza means a tefila l'shem Geirus. However, the Mashova here and the Turi Evan in Megillah they say a different mahalach. Mashova here is bothered. Why did the Gemara have to bring a pasuk in Rochat Hashem as Toyas Benoist Tiyin? That pasuk is showing that the concept of Rechitza could refer to a tshuva when someone cleans himself from his avarice. According to the way Rashi explained over here, the Rechitza is a tefil l'shem gerus, so the Rechitza can be literal. It's an actual immersing in a body of water. Why do we have to bring a pasuk which is showing l'chera, that Rechitza can also mean figuratively, not literally? And furthermore, the Mashah is bothered. Where do we see to make this drasha? Where is the mashmais in this pasuk that it doesn't mean simply that she went to bathe herself? Where do we see anything about washing from Avodah Zarah? 
And therefore the Masha learned that the drush of the Gemara is to say that the, the word Rechitza in this Pasuk is really like a Moshal, and it doesn't mean a Tfil, Lashem Geris, the way Rashi says, there, rather it's referring to a Rechitza from a Vodazara, not a literal Rechitza. Therefore the Gemara felt necessary to bring a Pasuk where we see this concept, that the word Rechitza could sometimes mean, not literally, rather a cleansing of a Vodazara. According to this, the Masha explains, we can understand where the Gemara saw in this Pasuk to make the drasha. Because the Lashon of the Pasuk is Lirchoitz al Hayar and not Biyar. Biyar would have been Mashma, she's bathed herself in the Yar. Al Hayar is Mashma on the Yar and not in the Yar. From here the Mashah says, we saw to make this drasha that the Pasuk is referring to a non-literal Rechitza. And therefore the Pasuk does not say the Lashon Biyar. As we mentioned, the Turi Evin in Megillah also argues on Rashi. He's bothered by a different Kasha. He says the way Rashi learned she needed a tefillah l'shem gerus, and he's bothered. He says that's only once there's a concept of kedusha Yisrael, if a person wants to make himself no longer like a ben noyach, rather like a Yisrael. So the process of gerus requires a tefillah b'mikvah. However, before Kabbalah Satira, the Turi Evin says if a person wanted to be parish himself from a vaydezara and start keeping the mitzvahs, that lamaisa would not require a tefillah. There was no such a concept as a tefillah l'shem gerus at the time. And therefore the Torah learns like the Mashah, he says the sig over here in Saita is mashma like the Mashah, like we said before, because the Gemara brings this Pasuk, Imrachas Hashem as Tzayas B'nai's Tzayin, the Mashmois of the Gemara is, we're trying to prove that Rechitzak sometimes can mean not bathing, rather a cleansing of Avoy Dezara. This Mahalach of the Mashah and the Torah would seem to be difficult from the Gemara Megillah Dafyad Gimel. The Gemara over there is discussing what exactly was the name of Bas Paray. The Gemara quotes the Pasuk in Divrei Yomim, which is called Bisya. The Gemara also brings that there's a reference to her with the Lashon of Yehudiya. On this, the Gemara explained why was she called Yehudiya? Because she was Reichis Megluli Avodazara. According to this, Lachar, that would be Mashmah, that it was a Tfil L'Shem Gerus. If it was simply the way the Turi says that she decided to separate herself from Avodazara, and if he says that would not require a Tfilah, Lachar, that would not be enough of a reason to call her a Yehudiya. Yehudiyah would be mashmur that there was a process of Gerus even before Matan Torah. If so, we could say that that it was actually a tefillah l'shem Gerus. One could take a look further in the Chedusha Griz earlier on in Daf Yud. The Gemara there also is mashmur that there was a concept of Gerus before Matan Torah. The Gemara says by Tamar that she told Yehuda that she went through a Gerus. And the Biskrov over there is Meirich about this concept of Gerus kaidem Matan Torah. Now further down the Amr, the Gemara discusses the Pasuk. After Basio took Moshe from the Yor, it says, The Pasuk in the beginning calls him a Yelad and then a Nar. The Gemara explains that he was a Yelad, but his voice sounded like a Nar. Devir Rabbi Yehuda. On this, Rabbi says back, According to you, if he was a cotton and he had a voice of a Nar, he was a Balmum. What is the problem if he's a Balmum? Rashi explains, Moshe Rabbeinu was a Levi, and presumably he was able to sing Shira in the Mishkan. However, according to Yehuda, that when he was a Yelid, he had the coil of a Nair that would make him into a Balmum, and it would be possible for Avodah's Shira in the Mishkan. Now Rashi al on this Pasuk, he says, Nair is koilik Nair. This Lachar is like Rabbi Yehuda, and Narban over there asks on Rashi, why does Rashi explain the Pasuk, now, like the maskan of the Gemara, Rabbi Nachemi asked on Rabbi Yehuda that it can't be Koyli Kinar because that would make him into a Balmum. Rashi does bring the Pshat of Rabbi Yehuda. This is the Ramban's Kasha on Rashi. 
Now in the Re'im, the Mizrahi al he explains that Rashi understood that Lameisar Behuda was not maskim to this taina over Mechemya. Because Enechanami, when Reish Rabbeinu was a koton, he had the voice of a nar. His voice was mishuna, it was different than the normal for that age. However, once he becomes a nar, then he would be no different than the rest of the na'arim. His voice would not be mishuna, and he would be kosher for shir. So what is the plan of Reb So the Re'im explains that Reb Nechemya held that if you're going to say that when he was a koton, he had a voice of a nar, there was something mishuna, something abnormal about his voice, and when he grew up also, his voice was not regular, and therefore, when he was a gadol also, he would be puzzled for shear. But Akaponim, the Reim says, Rashi held B'das Shabihuda, that it only means to say that when he was a katan, his voice was like a nar, but in Echanami, once he grew up, his voice was not different than anyone else, and therefore he would not have a mum, he would be allowed to sing in the Mishkan. Now in the Sefer Mincha Chareva, he asks an interesting cash over here. And that is, by the time Moshe Rabbeinu left Mitzrayim, he was already 80 years old. When Klaesol built the Mishkan, and the Levian began to sing in the Mishkan, he was already 80, if so, either way he would not be allowed to sing in the Mishkan, he was too old. And the Sefer Mincha Chareva says, this is really Tali Namachoikis between Rashi and the Ramban, Alatayro, in Pasha's Ba'aloyscha. In Perichas Pasach of Dalin, the Pasik says, Zaysa Shadu Levim, Mi Ben Chamech Ve'esram Shana V'maidla Yovay Litzvay Tzava Ba'avodas Oyal Ma'id. The Levim come at, at the age of 25 to the Oyal Ma'id to begin doing work. Rashi over there explains, they didn't Mamish start the Avod until they were 30, as we find in the beginning of Chumash Bamidbar, the Levim were counted only from the age of 30. That's when they began doing Avodah. So Rashi explains, for five years they learned how to do the Avodah. They actually started at the age of 30. Rakopam the Pasuk then continues and says, At the age of 50, he returns from doing the Avodah. He no longer continues doing Avodah. He could do Mishmeris, he could watch the Avodah of Shmira in the base of Megdash, that a lady was able to do after the age of 50, but other Avodahs he was not allowed to do. The Rashi over there explains, that which he was not allowed to do, that was Avodah's Masa Bikosif. Carrying the clay on Mishkon, that had to have been done by hand, it was not done by Agolois. This was Avodah's cost, they carried Bikosif, that once a person was age of 50, he was possible for Masa Bikosif. However, Rashi says he could still do Ni'ilas Sha'orim, he could still do Shira, and he could be Toyin the Agolois, all of these Avodas he could do even after the age of 50. That's what the Pasuk means, V'sher says, Achav Ba'ayol Ma'id, included in this Rashi says, is the Avodah of Shmira and the Avodah of Shira, and Ti'inas Agolois, loading up the wagons, the only thing he could not do was carrying Bekosif. Now the Rabbana over there argues on Rashi. He has a number of Raya's, he quotes a Sifri, the Sefri's mashman that the only thing a Levi is kosher to do after the age of 50 is Ni'ilas Sha'arim and not anything else. He cannot do Shiro, he cannot be Toyin Na'agolois. The Rabban also proves why is it that they're only counted from 30 to 50 if most of the Avoides, everything except Avoides Bekosef, they're able to do even after the age of 50, why would the Torah say only to count them until the age of 50? Akapam, this is how the Rabban held, and he explains that in order to be kosher for Shir, Levi has to be kosher for all types of avodas. Once he was over 50 and he was not kosher for avodas masa bekosef, he was also puzzled for shir. Then Behemshach Laramban quotes the Gwan Chulun which is Mavur, that these dinim were only the Zman that Klaesol traveled in the Mishkan. Once they were in Shiloi or they were based Eilamim in the base of Megdosh, then already a Levi does not become puzzled at the age of 50. And this is how the Ramban explained that the difference is when they were traveling with the Mishkan, so he became possible for Avodas Masa because if at the age of 50, 
then he's also apostle for Shir. But once they came to the base of Mikdash, and there no longer was any Avoido Masav Bekosev, then read his kosher for Shir as well, even after the age of 50. And in the Sefer Mincha Charev, he wants to say that Lechera, his Shiloh, is dependent on this Machlikas Rashi in the Ramban. And he says, Lechera, the Sugh is a riot to the Shita of Rashi. Because Bishlam according to Rashi, that a lady is kosher for Shir even after the age of 50. So we could assume that Moshe Rabbeinu did actually sing Shir in the Mishkan. Therefore, Nechemia said it's not Mestabar to say that he was a Balmum and not able to sing. However, according to the Shita of the Ramban, that either way, after the age of 50, a lady is no longer kosher to sing when Klai Yisrael were traveling with the Mishkan because Shira is Tali and Avodas Masa Bekosef. And since Lemaisa and Moshe Rabbeinu was already 80 at the time the Mishkan was built, so either way, it was not Negea, Moshe Rabbeinu could not have sang either, anyhow. So what is the problem if we say that he was a Balmum and not able to sing? And the Sefer Mincha Kharevi, he says, you have to explain according to the Ramban, that when Ibn Chemya said, he didn't mean specifically as far as the Shira, that Moshe would not have been able to sing in the Mishkan, as we explained either way, Moshe Rabbeinu was too old according to the Ramban. Rather, the Pshad is, he said, it's not Mustaber to say a Lashon of Gnai for Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu who was Moshe and Shai why should we attribute to him a Mum, if we could explain the Pasuk differently and not have to make Moshe Rabbeinu into a Baal Mum. According to Rashi in the Sugya, Rashi fits very well as she tosses. Rashi says the Nidan is about whether Moshe Rabbeinu was able to sing in the Mishkan, that fits very well with the Shita of Rashi, that a Levi was allowed to sing even after the age of 50. Now in the Sefer Teres HaKanois, he discusses that Lachera, either way Moshe Rabbeinu was a Balmum and not able to sing Shir in the Mishkan. As we find Moshe Rabbeinu was a Kfad Pev, a Kfad Loshin, and he says the, the Shir that the Levim sang in the Mishkan had words to them, and therefore if Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to articulate the words properly, then either way he would be puzzled for Shir. He has an interesting terrace to this Kasha, he bases this on a Medrash. The Medrash says, Had Moshe Rabbeinu become a Kfad Pev, a Kfad Loshin, the well-known Medrash that when Moshe Rabbeinu was an infant and he was sitting on Pari's lap, he grabbed the crown off of Pari's head. Pari wanted to test Moshe's intelligence to see if that which he did was intentional or not. And therefore he put two bowls in front of him, a bowl of Gecholim and a bowl of Zohov. And Malach Gavriel came and pushed Moshe Rabbeinu's hand away from the Zohov. And Moshe took the Gecholim and put it into his mouth. That's how his mouth was hurt and he was not able to talk clearly. Based on this, the Torah says there was a difference between the Kfad Peh and the Kfad Loshin, and this mum of a cotton having the voice of a nar. The mum of Kfad Peh and Kfad Loshin was not something he was born with. That was an injury. Mashenkein, this mum of a cotton speaking like a nar, that would be something at birth. And therefore he says, based on a medrash which he quotes in the beginning of Dvarim, that when Moshe Rabbeinu was makabal the Torah, nisrapil his speech was healed. And he says that would only refer to the Kfad Peh and the Kfad Loshin, which is something that he was not born with, and now we could use the lotion that it was Nisrapa, it was healed. But had he had an issue with his voice, that when he was young it was Kali Kinar, that's something that he was born with, and that we would not be able to say that it was Nisrape, Moshe would have to have been like a Beria Chadosha, and that we don't find. And therefore, if we'll consider whether Moshe Rabbeinu was a Balmum or not, since after he was Makab the Torah, it was Nisrape, the Kfad Pan, the Kfad Loshan, that would not have prevented him from singing Shira in the Mishkan, Mashiach, in the issue of Kalei Kinar, that would have made him into a Balmum, and he would not have been able to sing Shira. On this, anyone could take a look further in the Chuvas Chassam Sefer and Arachayim Simon Yudbeiz. He has a different Mahalach. He explains that which the Gemara says, Imkein Asisa Moshe Rabbeinu Balmum, 
It had nothing to do with the Shira and the Mishkan. It had to do with the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Rosh of Sanhedrin. And there's a din that the Sanhedrin were possible if they were Bali Mumin. That's what it means to ask, how could you possibly say that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Balmum? If so, he would not be kosher to be the Rosh of the Sanhedrin. Now, continue further. The Gemara Behemshach brings the Pasuk, Sheish Meis Elif Ragli Ha'om. And the Gemara says, From here we see, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Klai Yisrael, Bishvili Nitzaltem Kulchem. Rashi explains, The Lashon of Ragli is Bishvili. And Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Klai Yisrael that because of him, the Gzeri was Nizbatel. Which Lachar means, like the Gemara said before, Once Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the Yar, they saw that the Simin that they had seen earlier had gone away, and they Omevatel the Gzeri. Now, Taisus over here says, Teima, this Gemara is a Pella, the Gzeri in the first place was because of Moshe Rabbeinu. Since the Atztignine Parai saw that a Moshin Shah was going to be born that day, they made a Gzeri. So, Enochanami, that Gzeri was in this battle after Moshe was thrown into the Yar. But how can Moshe Rabbeinu say that you were saved because of me? The whole Gzeri in the first place was because of him. To this, Taisa says, Yeshleimar, he was the first one, Moshe Rabbeinu was the Rishon Hamushlach Yar. No other child had been thrown in before him. Then after Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown in, they were mevatal the Gzeirah. And the first Gzeirah, Taisa says, In Benu v'hamitin oisoi, loi bishvili hoisoi, el mishom v'nilcham bonu, v'derech anoshem lihilochim. Taisa explains the first Gzeirah was not because of Moshe Rabbeinu, not because they saw that a Moshiach would be born, rather because they were afraid of the population of Klai Yisrael. As the Pasuk says, Pen yirbev hoi yusikrenu melchoma v'noisif gamu asaninu, they are afraid Klaisel will get too big and fight a war against them. And as Taisus explains, Anoshim are the ones to fight the war. That's why the Gzeir was only against the Anoshim. So that first Gzeir was not because of Moshe Rabbeinu. Only the second Gzeir was. And the what Taisus means to say is that after Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the Ya'ar, they were mevatal the first Gzeir as well. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu meant when he said, Bishvili nitzaltem kolchem. Now the Mashover here is very bothered by this Taisvis. He asks, we saw on, the, on Ahmed Aleph, the Gemara says there were actually three Gzeirahs. The first Gzeirah was, when Pari told the Miyaldois, in Benu v'hamit enoisai. The second Gzeirah was, kol ha-ben ha-yiloid ha-yo-eurotash-lichuhu. And the third Gzeirah, the Gemara says, was Afal Amoy. And as Rashi explains in Ahmed Aleph, because that Stignine Pari saw that today was born a Moshiach Shal Yisrael, and they said they were not able to tell if it was a Mitzri or a Yehudi, Therefore, Pari said that we have to throw all of the children into the yard, even the Mitzrim. Now, the Mashal over there in Omeralf explains, where do we see from the Pesukim these three Gzeirahs? The first Gzeirah is clear in the Pesuk, in Benhu v'amitin oisai. However, the second and the third Gzeirah are not as mefurish in the Pesuk. And the Mashal explains, based on a Medrash, that the Pesuk says, V'yitav pari l'chol amay leymar kolaben ha'yiloid ha'yoyotash l'chuho v'cholabas t'chayun. And the Medrash is mevur, that the third Gzeira, that which was against even the Mitzrim, that's Mavur in the Pasuk, which says, Kol ha-ben ha-yiloid, The Mashmai says, not only the children of Klai Yisrael, rather, either the children of the Mitzrim. The Mashmai stresses, it's not from the beginning of that Pasuk, which says, Ve'itzav pari l'chol amay. The Mashmai says, the Loshon of l'chol amay is not a raya, that the Gzeira was even against the Mitzrim, because that could just mean to say that Pari commanded l'chol amay, he commanded to all of the Mitzrim to enforce this Gzeira, to throw the Jewish children into the Yar. Rather, like the Masha says, the Deek is from the Pasuk, Kola ben But upon the Masha says, we see from there the third Gzeira. Where do we see the second Gzeira? That there was a Gzeira first against the Jewish children that they should be thrown into the Yar, 
before the final Xer, which was even against the Mitzri children. That's not Mavur in the Psukim. And the Mashal explains that the Hechrich to this was that which we saw in the Gemara and Yud Aleph from Mid Aleph. The Gemara explains the Pasuk, Hovind Nishak Meloy. The Gemara says, Lehem mi Baylei. It should have said a Lushan of Lehem. And the Gemara explains it means, Bovin Nishakim the Mashin Shay Yisrael. Mashin Shay Yisrael over there means a Kaddish Baruch Hu, not to be confused with the Gemara over here in the Afyid Beis and Beis, which calls Moshe Mashin Shay Yisrael. There the Gemara meant to say, Bovin Nishak Meloy. Let's be Nishakim against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as the Gemara explains. They were deliberating, What could we do against Klai Yisrael that Hashem will not punish us? Until they came to the conclusion, That's how they were Nishakim against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and they came to the conclusion to try to exterminate Klai Yisrael through the means of Mayim. In that passage we see, that the goal of the Gzair was population control, as it says, and to that they concluded the best means would be through Mayim. From here the Mashal says, we see that there was a second Gzair against Klai Yisrael, after the Gzair with the Miyaldois, in Ben Huvamit there was another Gzair which the purpose was Pen and that was through Mayim. From here the Gemara knew that there was a second Gzair before the third Gzair, since the third Gzair was against the Mitzram also, as we prove from the Lashon of the Pasuk, and that Gzair obviously had nothing to do with Pen Yerbe, it was against the Mitzram as well. The point of that Gzair was, as the Gemara says, because that's the Gninim saw that a Mashiach would be born. But Akhoponim, there has to have been a second Gzair, the Mashiach says, a Gzair which the point was Pen Yerbe, and that had to have to do with Mayim. The first Gzair with the Miyadis was not through Mayim. From here the Gemara saw that there was a second Gzair, a Gzair against Klaisol with the point of Pen Yerbe, that was by throwing all the Zucharim into the Ya'ar. That still had nothing to do with the fact that a Mashiach would be born. Only the third Gzairah, when that's Tegnimim, saw that a Mashiach was born. That Gzairah was Kola ben even the Mitzrim were thrown into the Ya'ar. This is how the Mashiach explains the three Gzairahs of the Gemara. However, according to this, he says, Taisis over here in Dafir Beis and Beis would be difficult to understand. Taisis was bothered... How could the Gemara say Bishvili Nitzaltam Kulchem if the whole Gzair was against Moshe Rabbeinu? To that Taisus answered that Moshe was the first to be thrown into the Yar, and after Moshe was thrown in, they were Mevat of that Gzair. Why does Taisus have to say that? Even if we would assume that there were many children thrown into the Yar before Moshe Rabbeinu was, and Mashal brings that the Medrash is Mavur like this, that there were many Jewish children who drowned in the Yar, still Taisus could have said that the second Gzair as well, the Gzair to throw the Jewish children into the Yar, that also had nothing to do with Moshe Rabbeinu. That was also because of Pen as the Mashal proved, it has to be that there was a Gzair of Pen which was connected to the Maim, as the Gemara said in Dafir Aleph. And the Mashal says, Lechair, the whole Kasha of Taisis doesn't start. That which Taisis asks, Adarabah B'Shviloin Nigzura Gzairis, the whole Gzair was because of Moshe Rabbeinu. The truth is, only the third Gzair was because of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the third Gzair wasn't even against Kla Yisrael. They already were destined to be thrown into the yard with the second Gzairah. The third Gzairah just added the Mitzrim that their own children should be thrown in as well, so Taisus' Kasha doesn't even start. Now the Masha adds that even as we explained, the point of the first two Gzairahs was because of Pen the third Gzairah was because the Itztagninim saw a Mashiach Yisrael would be born. And he adds the Chor, according to this, we have to explain why was it that after Mashiach Ben was thrown into the Yar and that Stagninim saw that the Simon went away. Why were they mevatel the second gzera? The point of the second gzera was because of Pen So what difference would it make if the Mashiach was already thrown into the Ya'ar? 
And the Mashiach says we have to explain that once they saw that the Mashiach was killed, they were no longer concerned about Penyirbe. Without a leader, they were not afraid the Klaisa would rebel and fight against them. Akaponim according to the Mashiach, the Gemara is very understandable. The Gemara means to say that once Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the Ya'ar, the Xer was taken away from the rest of Klaisol as well. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu meant when he said, Bishvili Nitzaltem Kulchem. Taisis Lachar is still difficult to understand. Taisis who had to be Mechadish, that Moshe was the first one of the children to be thrown into the Ya'ar. Taisis is Mashmud that the second Xera, to throw the Jewish children into the Ya'ar, that also was a result of seeing that there was going to be a Moshiach of Yisrael born. Therefore, Taisus was bothered by how can Moshe Rabbeinu say Bishvili Nitzaltam Kulchem, the whole Gzera in the first place was because of him. And the Kasha is on Taisus, Lachar, the second Gzera, was not connected to a Moshiach being born, rather it was because of Pen as the Masha proved, the Gemara and Dafiralov said that the solution to Pen had to do with Mayim, if the only Gzera of Pen was the first one, the Gzera that the Miyaldes should kill the Jewish children, and the second Gzera about throwing them to the Yor was not because of Pen Rather, it was because they saw Mashiach would be born. And the third Xer just added to the Mitzrim. Once the Stignim said that it's possible the Mashiach comes from the Mitzrim, they were added to the second Xerah. But according to that, it would still be difficult. How could the Gemara say that Havan Eschakma means Nidoinam Bamayim? There never was any Xerah of Havan Eschakma like Pen Yerbe, a Xerah because of the population which had anything to do with Mayim. Only the first Xerah, the one with the Miyadois, that was because of Pen Yerbe. That had nothing to do with Mayim. This Lachar is difficult. We'll leave off with this Kasha on Teisvis. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.